All right, let's rock. <clears throat> All right. Peter Knickerbocker. No, it's Parker. <laughs> Parker Knickerbocker. You've not lived your whole life surrounded by ships and oceans. The hum of Norfolk, Virginia, is not as familiar to you as it may be to others. The large Navy ships always in dock. The skyscrapers never quite being worthy of their title. How would you describe your relationship with the city? I would say the buildings, the blocks, almost feel like shackles. Because while in a heartbeat I would drop my dreams to take care of my parents again, there is that resentment that's still there. And the city itself has come to take on that prison characteristic. It may have been my parents that pulled me here, but it feels like the city that's weighing me down like concrete shoes. And it's that same weight that you woke up with this morning. That same weight that followed you around on your daily business. That followed you around as the sun began to set and has followed you here. It's the beginning of your shift at your parents' store. The knickknackery. As the clock rapidly approaches the sterling time of 7 p.m., you respond to a supplication from your family to just watch after their store for a couple of hours so they can get some rest. Instantly, the familiar wafting of decaying things of dust and tarnished brass fill your lungs. Something that bothers me about the smell is the sense of slow decay. So many of the things arrayed here are American antiques, and America isn't old enough to have things that are properly old. Maybe there are some artifacts that are old enough to be properly old, but everything here feels like it's still in the process of dying. And there's no exception for the human occupant. At the desk, you see, in an old smoking jacket, the rotund form of your aging father, who usually would greet you with alacrity, with charm, with a smile, but right now is snoring rather loudly. <laughs> and if you're wondering what that sounds like, it sounds like this. I'll walk over to him and hold his nose closed. And you see <coughs> blue eyes bolt awake, bulging with veins, and they look over at you and say, By God, Parker! Don't do that to me while I'm sleeping. <laughs> You really are going full Orson Welles with this. Oh, why not, right? <laughs> You're the one who asked me to come in. I did ask you to come in, but not to suffocate me. I was having the most sumptuous dream, Parker. I was on a water slide made entirely out of beef jerky. How you have dreams like that in a place like this is maddening. Well, it's easy. We're already surrounded by so much salt and aged meat in the leather. 
But it was a good dream, Parker. It was a good dream. Well, you can continue it. Go rest, Dad. I've got this. Uh, very well. Uh, oh, I, I would like to just let you know we're going to be having a rather important customer come in, which is the only reason I called you in this late. I'd see to it myself. But really? I've got this surgery tomorrow. And, Usually uh, it's just kids walking in and stealing stuff. Well, we make an exception. This person's come... Um, all the way from, I don't know, he says he's European. But he's got an interest in a few objects. I'd ask if you could just make sure that you give him a decent tour around the place. I, I, I do hate to bring this upon you. I mean, I... I no, Dad, it's fine, it's all right, fine. All I right, mean, all right, you said it's fine. You're starting to, you're starting to, to, to boil my cackles. <laughs> oh, you handle it, Parker, you always do. I always do. But you just need to understand, you, you're still... To me, I look at you and I see a babe in diapers still. And he puts a giant, meaty, clubbed hand on your shoulder. It weighs on you like a like a large log mm -hmm. campfire log. What a beautiful... Holy fuck, I'm so out of it. It weighs on... <laughs> I'll be upstairs if anything... It's too much. If things set fire, if the man gives you I trouble, will, Dad. Just, I will. You better be sure to holler for me, because you know I make time. I will. Me. I will. All right. All right. Oh, it really was a delightful dream. Sausages. And he, wa he wanders upstairs, back way, talking about roasted meats. Ah, uh, yes. Another sausage dream. Your father's been having a lot of those lately. Hmm. I don't know. Maybe it means he's in good health. Maybe it's Freudian. What does that mean? Don't worry about it. All right. <laughs> so, you find yourself alone in the empty antique store. Well, mm. not quite empty, because your companions are all around you. Ventriloquist dolls hanging on ancient dressers, furniture that might as well be from the Roman Empire with how aged it is. Sure, America doesn't have a lot of history, but it doesn't exactly make it adverse to partaking in the history of others. On the contrary, sometimes American objects have a specific sort of life to them. Is there an object like that here? Ooh, you know what? There is an ornate mirror that was clearly meant to mimic some European designs, but didn't quite get there. That's one that I like looking at. Sometimes I'll look at it and try to spot any new wrinkles to mark the passage of time. And it's there for you. And in fact, its position makes you question how your dad got any sleep because it's glaring straight at you. And you see the whole of your persona reflected back. Wrinkles and all. And I'd like to take this opportunity, Parker, to ask you, could you please describe yourself? Parker is a lean fellow, a little bit wiry, certainly not a strong fellow. His thin legs have relatively tight-fitting jeans on them, and he has a turtleneck that goes all the way, like all the way up just underneath his chin, and sleeves that wrap what seemed to be concerningly tightly around his wrists, like they're restraining him. He has 
what appear to be calm eyes, a long face. His eyes seem sleepy at first, but there's an intensity behind them, behind that tiredness and that weariness. Oh, and of course, his round glasses. When you look at him from the side, his eyes seem tired, but when they're when his eyes are magnified by his glasses, he, he seems very intense. You seem like the kind of person that could really use a masseuse. Yeah, and a drink. Never quite gotten to drinking, but always considered it. Well, if there's one thing you could pick up right now, it's that habit. Your father's left a nice whiskey decanter on the desk. Clearly, I've been sampling it. Weighing the decision. Oh, I have, I have, I have someone coming in. Maybe I need to be on my best behavior. And then I realize no matter who this is, no matter what they could be offering, there is no way that the result of this conversation is going to change my station. I pour out a shot glass and I just throw it back. You throw it back, the acrid tang hits your throat like a vastly falling elevator. It tumbles upon rocks like a man falling from the side of Mount Fuji. Why don't you go ahead and make me a stamina check? What that is, is essentially you'd be rolling your stamina. In okay. your case, I believe your stamina is two. Okay. And sixes are successes. This is just to see how you fare with the alcohol. Okay. Three and a five. Uh, no successes. You're not drunk at all. Mm. No one, no one, not even you, <laughs> could possibly get drunk on a single shot of whiskey. But it doesn't sit right with you, and you kind of instantly sort of regret it. It feels like there's a like a small warving wage in your intestines, and ugh. It didn't take so good. So pushing the whiskey to the side for a moment here among these faded glories, you find yourself sitting and sitting and sitting, waiting for the other shoe to drop. And it's at that time that the door shoots open like a cannonball as the bell at the top rings, shaking you awake. And you see, waltzing in is a man dressed ostentatiously. And he still looks like shit. <laughs> you see this tailored, immaculate, white suit. He's got impressive sunglasses, rings, bejeweling, every finger, and a big old white hat. He looks less like a man who's kind of come in wearing top-of-the-line stuff, and more like someone who's recently robbed a rather ostentatious hand-me-down store, <laughs> like a goodwill for the elite. But regardless of his personal visage, he makes the first move in speaking to you. Well... You know, they told me this was a small store, but it's not exactly what I was expecting. I kind of thought even still it'd be a little roomier. We find places to store things. What's the cost of storage out here? It's going to be a lot. You'd have to ask my dad about the specific financials, but, you know, more than we'd like, less than it you're, could be. You're not Humphrey? No, I'm his son. Uh, no. he, he has entrusted me with dealing with you tonight. Oh! Well, 
I guess you must have had a pretty good reason to delegate me. Walks up to you with a confident swagger, his boots making a sharp dig into the floor as he moves forward. He gives a bejeweled hand to you. Cyrus, Cyrus Carling. Parker, Parker Knickerbocker. And, if I may say, I do not believe that you have been delegated. Rather, I think I may be his secret weapon. You're a secret weapon? Are we at war? <laughs> I'm I'm only exaggerating. I have some experience in archaeology. Oh, you're an archaeologist. You're an archaeologist. You know, that makes sense. I'm actually something of an archaeologist myself. Really? That's right. So Parker, Parker at this point, like, he can't help just sort of continuing to eye his his clothing. Can he tell anything about the specific clothing, like where it's from? Certainly, like. I'm looking for a pattern in the clothing. I'll let you give me a intelligence etiquette check. Sure. Difficulty eight. Okay. So this means that your difficulty number is now eight. That is oh. one critical failure, but two successes. That's so correct. I, I got one. Yeah, one success. With your one success, um, yeah, I mean, like, you're able to tell some of this actually is designer pretty objectively, but the years are mismatched. Like, this designer suit was clearly manufactured sometime in the 90s and kind of probably got passed down between a couple of owners. He looks like a man uh, building his outfit in accordance to the Macklemore school of thought. Right. <laughs> he looks very um, Novo rich. Let's mm, say. Right. Do I recognize where he could have bought any of this? Specifically, I, he would have knowledge of other stores in town. Yeah, actually, there is one store that he could have bought some of this ensemble from. Not the clothes, but the rings. You, okay. Madame Juilliard's jewelry. Okay. It's just a kind of local-owned jewelry exchange. They sometimes work with your father. They're not super-duper prestigious, but you might have recognized one of the rings in the windowsill. So here's what I'm going to do with that knowledge. Mm -hmm. Since you're here, before we get to specific business, would you like to take a look around? And I will specifically guide him toward uh, some of the antique jewelry that we have. Oh, are you kidding me? I've got nothing but time. Let's go. Show me around, kid. I'll tell you all about, uh, whatever. And you can show me all of, uh, you know, whatever. <laughs> I will sort of take him over to, uh, to the jewelry section and, um, give him a little bit of background on each of the little bits of jewelry that, that we have. Parker does have quite the memory, so he, like, he learns about all of the jewelry. This is something, uh, this is something that his parents didn't do very much, but something that he introduced when he came in. Um, the profits started increasing because he was able to tell the stories of all of the objects. Sometimes he would add a little bit of a flourish to the histories of these objects, um, but they would mostly be grounded in reality or could have been real, plausibly. One of the rings that you've shown him does actually seem to grasp his attention. It is a gold and silver ring with a large inlaid ruby. Now that, that looks impressive. Can I take a look at that? Of course. What I will do is I won't hand it to him. I will present it in front of his face so he can take a closer look. I don't want him just grabbing at it. He leans in and he takes a close look. He actually 
puts his hands to his sunglasses and he twists the lens. All right, all right. Uh, I mean, it's impressive, but it's, you know, run-of-the-mill sort of thing. I suspect you are a bit more discerning than that, sir. Oh, I'm a very discerning fellow. This ruby was worn by one of the families that first came to America. It was from a German family who took their wagons and rode west, and then their descendants during the mid-1800s came back. We have a, we have a couple of books on, uh, on the jewelry that they brought with them. All right. Now, here's the part where I ask you. Okay. Is that even remotely true? So I'm going to say it was true that it was brought over. However, it's not clear if this made the trek there and back. It could have, but it also probably was left behind in New England. <laughs> okay. Well, I'll be I'll be nice and I'll say give me a manipulation subterfuge. Okay. Difficulty 6. Okay. Oh Ooh. dear. Well, here's the good news. Okay. That is not a botch, which is a critical fail. A botch only occurs if you happen to not get any successes, but you still rolled ones. I see. So it's not the worst it could be. But still, that's no successes. This guy takes a look at you, and he gets this wire-wide smile, and he flashes his yellow it. So this is a guaranteed relic from the Mayflower Society types, right? Not necessarily the Mayflower, but one of the early families. Right, the early families. Except for, here's the onion. There's no way that that jewel was cut any more recently than the 70s. And trust me, I know. So maybe the, the ring was. But come on, you can't fast sell me. I appreciate the effort, though. I think you're good. Parker, at this point, just kind of... He crumples in on himself a little bit. Oh, kid, 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 kid. He wraps a serpentine arm around you. Don't look so sour. Listen, it's the grind that gets you, right? It's the effort. I like it. I like a little bit of a hustle. Now, let me tell you something. Or rather, I'll let you tell me something. You said that you're something of a, what, archaeologist? To be honest, American, American artifacts, well, recent American artifacts, immigrant artifacts are not my specialty. Well, what's your realm of expertise, senor? Anything old enough to have completely lost its odor. Specifically, I found myself interested in what few remaining Native American artifacts there are and some Egyptology. Ah, now there's a good man. Listen, we need more people digging through those dirt. Let me tell you something. I've been everywhere, right? I've been in Helsinki. I've been in Osaka. I've been everywhere in the world. Those are essentially the only two places in the world, and I've been in both. So, listen, I get it. We need people of your talents digging through the dirt, finding this stuff. So, don't get too... Uh, uh, crushed down and broken because I happen to see through your fast cell. And hey, let me show you something, kid. You'll like it. He reaches into his coat pocket, which seems to 
uh, contain an endless amount of nonsense. You actually hear uh, metal pinging amongst each other. You see it kind of go in a little deeper than it might suggest before. He pulls out a Polaroid. It's a stone wall. Old stone wall. One that's been separated from what it's meant to be a part of and instead looks like it's in some kind of ritzy art gallery. There's a large circle bulging out of the wall. It looks high up, at least two men high. And I'd like you, if you don't mind, to go ahead and make me an intelligence academics role. And this will sure. be archaeology, so your tens will count as two successes. All right. I'm going to beckon to him and say, come yeah. on over. Um, and I'm going to sit down at the table and bring a light and peer down at it. Yeah, sure. So what's the difficulty here? Uh, I would actually say it's difficulty five because this is your realm of expertise. Okay, so, so that's one, two, three, four, five, six, seven successes total minus the one from the crit fail, six. He starts to explain it to you, but you already knew what it was before he gets far into so it. So what is it that was bulging at the top again? A large circle looks almost like circle. a circle. Like a like okay. the lifesaver candy. Okay, gotcha. And, so like a, um, a a donut shape. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I know what this is. Yes, this is a goalpost of that mysterious ancient Mesoamerican ball game, one that had been played long before Columbus set sail on his bloody voyage, and. The wall has clearly been transplanted from its original space to your new friend's personal gallery. So this, I wound up having to get a team of people. We had to push it uphill, right? And let me tell you, they don't make those hills too kind down there in the uh, South Americas. Let Where me is tell this you. now? It, oh, I got it in my abode, you know? Your abode where? Oh, I got it in my, uh, actually, my yacht. I see. So Parker just sort of goes straight-faced. This is, this is insulting to Parker. To him, these, these objects, objects with history like this are practically animate. And whatever affection that he's had for this man has turned into... A similar feeling that someone would have learning that they're a kidnapper. <laughs> that is what this feels like. However, as I recall, I gave him poker face. So he is just going to keep a straight face and he is going to maintain his interest. And he's not going to let on just how pissed off he is right now. <laughs> like, viscerally. Let me tell you, it was a regular Fitzcarraldo out there. Uh -huh. It was insane! Why don't you go ahead and roll me uh, manipulation <laughs> subterfuge. Your All poker right. face merit, if I'm not mistaken, will reduce the difficulty of that, yes? Uh, oh, yeah, yeah, that'll reduce your difficulty by minus two. Those are three successes. He doesn't Ooh. notice. Oh yeah, but listen, I got a, I got a boat full of that kind of thing, you know, lots of stuff. I, I usually don't really do too much with the Mesoamerican sort of thing. I'm more of a, 
Uh, he got my pedigree in other societies, but, uh, you know, I figure, you know, Virginia, it's, uh, uh, great and balmy Virginia. I figure it's a good spot to start to enhance my collection. You know, any good uh, places I should be looking? Free estate dig sites. I might be willing to cut you in. I'm afraid and I have been a bit detached for a little while. You see, I've, I've been working with my parents here for the last six or so years. And by this point, most of the dig sites would have rotated and I just haven't kept in contact. Ah, I understand, I understand. Well, listen, here's my card anyway, if you're interested. And he reaches in and he hands you a rather nice looking business card that proudly states, Cyrus Carling, adventurer, historian, collector, archeologist, Carolingian. Carolingian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. My pops got our family tree traced all the way back from a good old Louis the German. Impressive. Oh, well, thanks. You know, it was a real bitch to get it recognized, I heard, but uh, I don't know. That was a problem for a great, great, great grandpappy or something. Me, I'm happy just uh, rolling in the benefits of an aristocratic upbringing. But really, I consider myself a citizen of the world. Hmm. So, what was it that you came into our humble shop to inquire about? An excellent question! I'm gonna lay it to you straight, okay, kid? You guys got a grandpappy clock, and I'm buying. Really? That's right. Uh, didn't your dad show you where it is? Said it was in the back, and, uh, you know, you... Uh, he didn't say anything specific. Come on, follow me. We'll take a All look. All right. I'll follow you. I'll follow you. Parker takes a forlorn look at the whiskey bottle and starts thinking about it again before leading them into the back. All right. In the back, there is a few shipments, you know, from your father. Stuff he's ordered, stuff he's sending out. But there's a conspicuous package in black wood, taped up, fragile, that seems like it could contain what you're looking for. And on the manifest, it confirms that. It says here, quite simply, Delamere Clock. Dad, what have you been dabbling in? All right, is this the thing? Is this the Delamere Clock? Is this the thing? Parker, like, cocks his head, no, just examining it, and says, I would have to guess. Yeah, bitch! Yeah! Oh my fucking God, you don't know. You don't know, my friend. What was your name, Pablo? Parker. Right, right, whatever. I've been looking for this thing for years. Oh my God, it's been running from me, dude. It's been running from me, dude. What is it? All right, so, back in the day. Why don't you crack that bad boy open? I'll tell you the history and you can look at it all pretty. All right, so he he goes ahead and starts prying this thing open. You're able to get it open pretty easily. And inside is a rather intimidating massage. A dark mahogany. It's beautiful. It's certainly twice the size of you, but it's... It's engraved with these gorgeous, hand-carved 
vines, like it's some sort of open orchard. Like there are burnishing fruit carved in trees and along the side, everything. It seems like it's some semblance of life, fruit of the bounty of the earth. But upon closer inspection, it's no fruit at all. In place of each grape, apple and orange and beautiful piece of delicately carved fruit, there is instead of the bounty of nature, a death's head. In the very center of this grandfather clock, varnished with gold and can only presume as platinum is some kind of cane with a head like a globe in the shape of Pangea. It seems like that's amid the workings of the clock. All right, kiddo, story time. Once upon a time. It was it was way back in the day. What does way back in the day mean to you? He shrugs. Right. Well, it's even way backer in the dayer than that. Right? We're talking like uh, you know, fucking Constantine times, okay? There was a guy. His name was Delamere. And this guy was one cool, cool customer, right? All the lords and ladies of all the land, they came thirsting for his advice because it was said that Delamere knew a rather intricate secret that for the right price, that for the right supplicatory subject, Delamere could turn back the clock on you, could give you more life more years. And buddy, let me tell you, people killed for that kind of bounty. This thing's found its way through medieval courts the world over. You name a country, it's been there, buddy. So long as that country isn't, you know, past Central Asia, it's not been there, but it's been everywhere else. And let me tell you, it's one hell of an item, isn't it? You see, uh, Delamere, he wasn't satisfied with just turning back the clock for some would-be nobleman. You know, he would do the whole shebang. There would be pigeons and fireworks and whatever else he could get his hands on. Some great big show of winding back the clock. And that lasted him for a while until people wisened up. They realize that they still got old, they still got liver spots. And well, poor old Delamere, he was, you know, chained to a cross, set on fire, whole shebang, real, real bad way to go. But the clock, the clock stayed. And the legend, the legend stayed too. And I want to see this beautiful, majestic, hunk of garbage in my living room. Because quite frankly, I deserve it. Parker turns from him and begins more carefully inspecting the clock. 
and Parker starts examining the finer details, running his fingers over the mahogany. You see, they said the Delamere couldn't do it, but some people, it's rumored, it's rumored, managed to make it work. Now, I don't know if you believe in any of that hoity-toity bullshit, but honestly, just the idea of it gets me going. So, now you know I'm willing to pay top dollar for it. Pretty good dollar, too. And quite frankly, I'm rich. I'm loaded. I've got the money. So why don't, buddy boy, you name me a decent price. We'll haggle, we'll gaggle, we'll Google goggle gaggle. And then once it's in my position, buddy, I'll buy you the nicest drink I can afford. Parker opens the clock, reaches in, grabs the cane. He examines it for a little bit, appreciating its craftsmanship. And under his breath, he allows himself to murmur, you don't deserve this. What was that? No matter what you think of yourself, no matter what you've accomplished, you don't deserve this. Uh, that's just like your opinion, man. What the fuck are you talking about? You don't, really, you don't fucking know me. I would like you to come with me for just a second. Uh, the clock's not going anywhere. Don't worry. You've got a second. But I just want you to know something, kid. I don't cotton kindly to people trying to pull this shit on me. So whatever you have for me, Peter, better be something good. He walks over to, to the front desk and picks up the Polaroid and hands it back to him. And Parker says... What is this? Uh, it's a picture. I know what it is. What is in the picture? Uh, what is it really? What is it really? It's an ancient goalpost from some old-ass, you know, indigenous ball game. And it's really interesting and of great historical and recreational value. We agree on some points, but this isn't just an object. This was the dream of people. This was what people aspired to, but it also was just something daily to them. It's theirs. Oh, come on, kid. You're killing me. Everyone aspires to everything. People aspire to become plumbers. You know, you ever seen that kid? What was he on the news? And it was some late night TV lawyer. He asked him to come to his birthday party. Come on. It's not that deep. Parker walks back over to the clock and places the cane back inside of it. Turns to this man and says, 
I need to speak with my father about this, but he is a bit exhausted right now. That's why I'm here, of course. I'm looking after the shop. Oh my we will god! Discuss, we will discuss oh, a price. I will discuss god. a price with him. It's clear that he knows more. I will see you first thing tomorrow morning. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding me, kid? There won't be a tomorrow morning if you... I, do you understand how long I've been looking for this fucking thing? And every single time I've had it in my grasp, it runs away! And I'm not going to let that happen. So I tell you what, I want you to imagine a number. Just pick a number. There's dozens of them. Even more than that, maybe. I want you to think of one of those numbers. I want you to give it to me. And then I'm going to give you that amount of money. And then you're going to give me the clock. Oh, I couldn't dream of overcharging you, sir. Then how about I give you a fucking $5 bill. And I tell you that if you don't sell this to me tonight, you're going to regret it for the rest of your fucking life. I doubt there's another regret that you could give me that I'd care about. <laughs> oh, kid, 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 kid. I, I gotta, I, you know what? I gotta say, I, I respect the spunk. I respect the attitude. I respect the ferocity. Then Just, take that respect and that carpet sample you're wearing and get out of here. All right. The clock was one thing. You know, my Moby Dick that I've been chasing for years. That was one thing. And the picture and the talk about dreams, you know. <laughs> you know, I, I, I could take that. But then you go ahead and you talk bad about my outfit. And it's at that point I decide, you know what? I think I'm just gonna rob you. And he reaches into his jacket and he pulls out the strangest gun you have ever seen in your life. This thing is a revolver made out of revolvers. There are multiple chambers on a ring that oscillate underneath it. Strange wires come out of one of the handles into another device nearby the hilt, and he points it directly at you. So, kid, why don't you pack in the clock, I get my people to move it in, and then maybe you'll see a check in the mail. What are, what, what are the visual influences upon this thing? This looks like um, someone made a cult python into a desert eagle and then hooked it up to a guitar amp, shrunk that guitar amp down, stuck it to the side, and then decided that drum mags were simply too stupid. It needed to be dumber. <laughs> There's like a ring of like four different revolver sots that are there around. It looks like it, this gun is designed to shoot six times and then rotate. Shoot six times and then rotate. Parker is unimpressed. This is embarrassing. Please leave. Huh? Okay. So he takes the gun and he shoots you in the head. Or would you like to try to dodge, my friend? Yeah, that'd be nice. All right, so he got you with three successes, but you can go ahead and dodge, which would be athletics dexterity. 
Well, so with two successes and with your dodge roll, you are barely able to get out of the way of the worst of it. You find that this weapon instead just it almost emulsifies part of your shoulder. All of the glass in this room shatter all at once, coming down in this sea of shards. As he just pulls the hammer back, there's a... Ready? He points that at you again. All right. What is the condition of my shoulder right now? Essentially, the flesh underneath it seems like it has bubbled and then burst out. Now, you're going to be taking two health levels of damage. That's going to bring you down to injured. To injured, so yeah. So you are going to be minus one on all checks until you get that patch done. Right. So Parker is going to fucking cut and run. He is going to try to hide in the clutter of this back room. All right. Uh, go ahead and make me a dexotics real quick. Okay. Oh, that's rough. One, two, three, four, five, six successes. You start to run, and instead he just grabs you by the neck, and he lifts you up, and then pushes you against the box. Against the clock, even. I like you. I really do. I wasn't lying when I said all those nice things. But this isn't going to go your way at this point. I hope you know. And the next person that comes down here, they're going to get a double dose of what you just took. So how about you start working with me here, buddy boy? With your neck in the grip of a man who represents everything you despise, in an antique store that you have always hated, with your shoulder raw and dripping blood, and your back against the very object this man would gladly kill you over, I must ask, will you submit or will you resist? Parker is not a person who has historically had terribly much pride, but in this moment, he finds the strength to gurgle out a couple of words through the grip of this man's fist, and the words he chooses strategically are shit. You can tell that made him angry. His eyes widen behind his sunglasses. His smile turns to a frown. A shame, kid. I really did like you. And as he moves his gun up, there's a sudden... And he kind of takes a second. Is that the clock? I think so. Supposed to be broken. Huh. Huh. Well, anyway, I guess I'm going to kill you now. All of a sudden, you feel yourself being ripped from this as ghoulish arms grab every part of the body and rip backwards, backwards, careening back through some horrible dark void, occasionally pitch marked with stars, but mostly darkness, darkness, until at last you are thrust forward. You are standing all of a sudden on a marble platform. In front of you, a multi-armed specter of death. This strange, 
spoon-like looking deity, this multi-armed freak, looks down at you with ten gleaming eyes, and it looks deep at you, Parker, and it says... April 22nd, 2020. You have the time. Oh, yeah. Um, he, he looks at his, at his watch. Uh, 7.43. It makes these strange noises, these strange, unfathomable noises twitches around and you find yourself in this insane, opalescent, glowing hellscape. And then finally, the eyes interlock. All on you. They veer backwards like segmented sheets extending out into a flower. And in the center is a death's head. And it's that that looks down and speaks to you. Parker Knickerbocker, you have made history your hobby. You have made it your passion and calling. The secrets of the world lay bare for you to discover, and yet you languish in an antique store. Parker thinks for a moment, and he replies, Because the same thing that animates my passion for historic objects is the same thing that drove me to return to my parents' antique store, to look after them, to care for them. Because there is value in what came before us, and it is important to show care for it. <laughs> you lie! You are no caretaker. You live for the adventure. You live for the dreams you have abandoned. You do not find the bliss in your task. You find it a city of shackles! He stares at the ground wordlessly. He looks at his hands and he notes every wrinkle in them he curls his fingers inward and clenches his fists so tightly that he wonders if his palms will begin to bleed he looks back up and he nods Wordlessly. I release you, Parker, but only on a single condition. Condition, 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 condition. I will give you your life and more on a single condition. You recognize that you are Mount St. Helens. You are Vesuvius and Lassen Peak. You are the thing buried in dirt. You must rise! Collector, we name you the 
Yes. Then rush forward and know my name is Earth. And all of a sudden, the strange pillar, the strange platform you've been on, it begins circling and spiraling and circling and spiraling, and then all of a sudden, in this gleaming flash of light, you are. Your eyes awaken with an energy that you haven't had in a long time, and you find yourself no longer in the grip of the man who now is on the floor, his gun broken, his glasses askewed, looking at you, his yellowed white suit, now aflush with soot, and you, with a staff in your hand, and a few moments to do whatever the hell it is that you want. Parker looks down at this man, steps over him, squats down, looks at him, and says, I think you Hold on. will be the first. Hold on a second, kid. Hold on a second, kid. I, I, I've been through what you've been through. I know what you can do right now. I understand you in a way you don't. You kill me, you lose that. Parker reaches his staff out, places it against his forehead, and the man turns to rough stone. There's a flash with a well-suited man is now locked to the floor of that antique store garage. Everything about him, gone. Parker looks into the eyes of the statue and says plainly, you are about to bear witness to the greatest collection that you have ever seen. Thank you for watching this episode of the Norfolk Wizard Game. We hope this episode has brought you down a rabbit hole. Down, down, and further down still. The character of Parker Knickerbocker is performed by the unfathomable Frederick Knudsen. Speaker D to Storytell. Mm. Speaker D go back to Grug Cave. If you enjoyed this session, follow us on YouTube at Brother Alphabusa, or consider becoming a patron at patreon.com slash alphabusa. There you can find sneak peeks at upcoming ogre opening projects, such as Hunter the Parenting, Half-Life Zero Viscosity, and of course, the Norfolk Wizard Game. Thank you again for watching. Mm. Grunk, watch other video now. Mm. That didn't go how I was expecting, <laughs> but, I, but I'm chuffed. I'm pretty chuffed. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed it. That was, I, 
I think th- the improv rule of saying yes served me well. Yes, yes, absolutely. I, uh, Just, I, hmm? I, I must admit, I did feel a little rusty here compared to others, but I I'm think rusty. this was fantastic. I'm I rusty you, as well. So yeah, I, I, I hope that I was, was a fantastic. decent player. I know oh, that I was delightful. a little reactive. You were delightful. No, okay. and you're going to be learning the system. No, and I, I this was really fucking cool. <laughs> <laughs> like I, I thought this was awesome, and um, and uh, you know, I'm 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 really excited for Parker. I hope I gave you what you wanted. Yes, absolutely. I feel like the character has some proper. I was hoping that during this, um, I'd be able to find impetus for Parker, and and, and I think that I think that we did. Oh yeah. Oh, I really like that. I like the direction we wound up in. <laughs> I I think it's psychotic. It's yeah. Oh, go ahead. I'm here for it. If you uh, want, mm-hmm. I could give you um a suggestion mm-hmm. as to how to build into the idea of turning people to stone. Mm-hmm. I would consider taking um, a dot out of mind or spirit and putting it into life. Mm. And I think that like with life, life three, matter three, prime two, you can turn people into stone. Mm. So you'll be able to work up to that. Okay. I'll, I'll pull, I'll look or I'll look, I'll move spirit or mind into life. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, because I I wanted to give you stuff for time, and I like your affinity is prime, which is creation, and right. so I wanted to center that, but I also didn't want to just like give you I am the Forge God, like that's that's boring. I wanted to right. give you something unique and something that I think would would suit you and your stylings, and I and I do hope I delivered. Oh, um, you oh, are you fucking kidding me? I was like <laughs> I, I I felt so I felt so. I, I'm, I'm just like, I'm just, a, I've, I've always been the GM, right? Like <laughs> I, I'm, I'm always the one who's like weaving these stories together. And like, it took a lot of, it took a lot of effort to sort of tamp down my pride and let someone else be the story weaver. Because I'm like, oh, I, I hope that I'm like living up to it as the player. Right. But that's not, that's not necessarily what it's about. And I have to, I have to swallow that. And uh, I mean, in some ways, in some ways, the arc of Parker during that scene followed my arc as well, swallowing, swallowing my pride long enough to to like know what I want. And I'm like, yes, I, I, <laughs> I want to just bask in this. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I fucking like it. So I would like to ask again, um, mm-hmm. did you have an idea for what your avatar would be like? No. OK, great. So that was your avatar that you just yes. met. Um, I will leave it to you to tell me the kind of thing that you would like it to be. Or if you want me to just completely control it and just be like, hey, this is mm. what you got. Let me know. Um, I, it's, I wanted something abstract enough to potentially serve many roles. Which right. is why I went full abstract for yours. <laughs> right. No, I, I appreciate it. Um, I would love to see where you take it, but I feel like in this Parker, Parker has been at war with himself, right? Like he has a sense of of duty and of obligation, right? He's, he's a good, he's a good little boy. Um, and now 
he's been given permission to chase what he wants, what he really wants to, to let that, um, to let that desire take hold no matter what it is. And in this case, it's, he loves archeology. span He loves like ancient things and he values them and he wants them because nobody else will appreciate them right. He is, he is like an abusive lover to, to these objects. And yeah, I, I'm, I dig it. And I really like that because um, by starting in such a dark place, right? Or at least like, you know, he, Parker's like a good kid, but he's clearly been putting himself last at everything. Yeah. And now he's going to get, I feel like he's going to get his um, Spider-Man 3 asshole Parker moment. Yeah. yeah. Oh, this right, is his art. stop recording. <laughs> oh, yeah. 